Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, hopefully, if you haven't already, you can subscribe. Leave us a quick um, five-star review. It really helps us out. And if you haven't already, consider subscribing to the Patreon. It's just five bucks a month. You get extra content, and it helps keep our show going as well. So fightgamemedia.com backslash Patreon. And uh, so, if, um, Ryan, uh, you're coming off another uh, appearance on Wrestling Observer Radio because it was a big pay-per-view this weekend and uh, did a really good job on there and uh we normally do our we have to talk about segment and this week we have two so first thing we got to talk about is uh we got to talk about copper yeah <laughs> so why don't you uh, for people that don't know and i can't imagine anyone listening doesn't but just yeah in case, uh you can kind of tell us yeah, what happened for those who don't for those who don't know haven't heard or haven't been following me on twitter twitter my my dog copper tore his acl the week of double or nothing actually kind of i was looking at making a last minute trip to las vegas for that for that weekend kind of a surprise thing to everyone because i told everybody i wasn't going but i was looking at last minute flights and last minute hotels because i got comps and free free tickets from the pandemic that need to be used so i was going to make a last minute trip but unfortunately the tuesday of that week he tore his acl acl so i had to cancel you know last minute plans and i've just been babying him and we've tried rehabbing him um, rehabbing him and all and all that and and unfortunately like the only way he's going to get back to normal is surgery which is a huge burden that's on me and my family because any, you know anybody who has dogs and knows you know the kind of AC, you know acl surgeries it's it's expensive and that's before the pre-vet pre-vet visits and the post-vet visits and he also has kind of like a, a non you know a non-life-threatening lymphoma that also needs to be removed removed you know coming up soon so there's a lot of vet bills coming my way and just to just to keep myself from you know not going crazy i i decided to somebody some you know a mutual friend of our ours paul convinced me that you know what looking to go fund go fund me you know because your pets are your family and you know family you, you do anything mm-hmm. you, you can to take care of your family so so yeah i started to go fund me to raise money to help help me you know help me keep my sanity too too about you know not going mm-hmm. into debt not going into huge debt and i just got overwhelmed by by the response i set you know a bare minimum goal thinking that you know i'll be lucky to get this and then it just took off from everybody you know you paul you brought a you were mentioning it and uh everybody involved with our with our little podcast group you know garrett jd mike uh, just everybody there's so many people to name and then you got and then i had brian alvarez dave Meltzer bunch of people from f4w tom lawler just everybody just just retweeting and spreading word jeremy botter dan stup who's who's a long time mma reporter and used to be the head of mma junkie just and you know just people in the mma community people just all over twitter it was just spreading and i for somebody who thought i mean i'll be lucky to hit my uh, original goal which was 2500 bucks and we hit that in about six hours and it was just kind of just yeah. just for spread it from word spread it. and i never th- i never thought that i would get that get that and i'm 
keeping it going for a few more days until we have the surgery surgery you know because once that's over with i've i've got it taken care of from here but anybody who else else who wants to chip in chip in i'm leaving it going for a few more days uh, you can visit my twitter page it's got all the information pinned at the top and i really just can't thank everybody enough you know uh, my heart is full of love and gratitude towards everybody and just I'm just over I've just been overwhelmed with emotion the last few days you know those who those who you know have chipped in uh I'm not gonna name names some people some people on the GoFundMe they keep their names they leave their names public you know if you're one of those people that likes looking at that yeah you'll you'll see some names you might recognize and those who kept private are always going to be kept private and I'm never going to say a word word about who who chipped in chipped in when they want to be kept private so it's just you know it's just I'm overwhelmed and just I just I just can't thank everybody enough yeah, I, I uh, it, it really encouraged me as well because I, I mean, if you listen to my other podcast uh, on our networks, the Dynamite Show, um, you know, we finished off the Dynamite Show on on Wednesday with Jeff Hawkins, you know, talking about you know some tough stuff he's going through, and then we opened this show with your stuff, and I almost felt like Danhausen tried to curse me and he missed me and and hit you guys. Yeah. Um, but I mean the uh, the community um, that yeah. you talk about, you know this this fight game podcast and the the wrestling observer and and all the people like I mean there's just been an outpouring of you know funds in your case and just support in the case of Jeff, you know that really really encouraged me as you know sometimes I you know and we all I think have a kind of a negative opinion about social media sometimes and it can be you know and we've talked about it on the show you know like you get some heat because your tweets go on the screen and and you just kind of wonder like is everybody like this but when it the chips are down you really see you know the people that you know are are the ones that you really you know can count on and um i i was totally like just blown away when i saw what happened brian alvarez you know talked about it on wrestling observer uh live you know so you know there's people there i'm sure that donated and you know just listeners you know because you know they they know your work yeah. and they appreciate yeah. it and and they don't pay for it <laughs> for the most part. So you know what? Like when, when you need some help, they came through and, and I just think that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I mean even so even some of the stuff was, you know, I rack on the crap I get from the tweets on the screen, but even there was people who would send in like even five bucks. Even five bucks makes a di difference. But yeah. they would send that in and they would send with the message saying that I appreciate seeing your tweets on the UFC broadcast. And I'm like, wow, wow just Thank you. You know, there's far more people yeah. who are appreciative of, of stuff like that. And they just want to show love, you know, it's, you know, I would. Yeah. yeah. And how many times like you'll, you'll get these hate tweets that get sent to you, you know, and these are just jealous yeah. people or, you know, whatever, trying to get a rise out of you. But there's so many more people that see your see your stuff and they don't say anything. But yeah. they recognize it. And then when they, you know, they might see you in the fight game group and they'll be like, hey, wait a minute. Is that the same guy that I see on the screen every week? And, uh, you know, I've had it, too. You know, and you're on there more than I am. But, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll get a message from like a friend that I went to school with or something. And, you know, we had one of my old time school friends on the show one time, Dean Jenkinson. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just really cool. And uh, I'm I, you know, I hope he comes through and any more donations that come in, you know, make sure and buy him some doggy treats or you know uh something you know a nice new bed to recover in or something like yeah. that so i'm sure you'll put the money oh yeah use oh and, yeah uh, i will I'm, use. yeah 
keep us updated on how the surgery went. I was going to wonder, like, you didn't mention how he tore his ACL. Like, did he get in a fight with Justin Gaethje or something? No, he was just he was just running in the. He was. Uh, we had okay. just put in uh, some new grass in our yard, laid out some new grass, and he was running through the yard. And I guess there was like a hole, a hole in the yard. Yard, yeah. and he, yeah. he, his, his, it was his back right, back right leg. He just, it just got caught, and it tripped him up, and it, and it, and it tore, tore it. I mean, he, he, you know, he gets around, he gets around, okay, right now, right now, he can't, can't yeah. run, he can't. I mean, he, he tries to run, he can't jump, like. Like, you were te- yeah, you were telling us uh, about your cousins none, or your your niece, niece and nephew, nephew that like to play yeah, with them. Yeah, because they're, they're they're young. Yeah, and, and they can. They're young right? and like you know he can play a little yeah. bit, but he can't get. You know you want to try to you want to try to play tug of war with a rope for him. He can't he can't plan on his back leg to play to play tug of war. So it's very hard for hard for him. And then we have Tyle in the house, so we have to keep reminding him stop running in the in the house because he's done. He had done slipped up one time and kind of made things a little worse. So so. It's just, I mean, you know, he's a he's a tough boy, and he'll get through it, and he'll be back to 100. percent You know, we're having the surgery next Monday morning at like 9 a.m., so it should be should be all just right. a couple hours, and he'll be, he'll, I'm sure he'll be fine. All right. Well, we'll all we'll all be praying for uh, you and Copper, Copper, and uh, not Cooper. Uh, you know, we had the Coop Troop going for a while there until we realized we had the name wrong. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay. The other thing we got to talk about, uh, we'll uh, we'll get it back to some MMA here, and uh, it is uh, retirements. Um, it was like, wow, like every time somebody lost a fight and this goes back to even last week, I think it was last week when Felice Herrick, uh, <laughs> retired ago, yeah. after her fight. Uh, yeah. And then this week we had two, right. Yeah. And then we had Sarah Kaufman who didn't fight, but also retired. So a lot of like, like people that have been around for a long time, you know, um, like, I mean, Sarah Kaufman, I mean, literally goes back to when I started watching MMA, like Strike Force, Challengers, you know, she had the real big fight with Ronda Rousey um, years ago. And, uh, you know, Pioneer, same thing with Felice Herring. She goes back to Bellator and MTV. Um, Jessica I this week, um, you know, a lot of women, right? Um, and then uh, who is the who is the guy that, oh, Cerrone, geez. <laughs> the biggest <laughs> one of all. Surprised um, that laughs your brain considering how much you... T- message well, me talking yeah. about balling I mean, your that, eyes a, out over it <laughs> i no it was it was it was uh it, it was allergies <laughs> but um no i mean you know what it hit me though was when you know i just looked at him and it's like literally like the whole time i've been watching mma you know regularly i've been seeing donald cerrone because i didn't i didn't i didn't come in right away so i used to watch all the free stuff and the wec you know with with jose aldo and cerrone and and uh, pettis and henderson like i used to see i used to watch that every week faber um garcia you know um and or every month you know and they would do like you would have the shows every two or three months you would have like two or three titles defended so if you followed every every week it was almost like pro wrestling where guys were moving up the card and you know like they'd get like one or two wins and then they get a title shot and it was real easy to follow because they had a small roster and Cerrone was like one of my first favorites and uh and then with the way you know and then because I, I was watching everything free I also watched Bellator because you know and i watched um you know and then the ufc wrote so i i would see i saw phillies herring before you know before, way before she ever got to ufc jessica I as well you know um she was fighting flyweight 
back in the day. And Sarah Kaufman, I mean, she was one of my early favorites, um, you know, even more than Rousey because she was Canadian. So uh, what, what do you think this is? Like, you just it's just that time or or is it just there's so much young talent and these guys, these guys and gals are just realizing, you know what, this has passed me by? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's saying it's passed me by. You get, you get to a certain point it's, uh, where, uh, you know, they always say like your late 30s are your prime, prime, uh, you know, especially when it comes to fighting. And some people, you know, a lot of these people who are retiring, it's just they had a lot of wars in the younger days. And they they go through, a lot of these people also went through camps where, where uh, sparring was more prominent and more I guess ferocious, you know, a lot of a lot of the new age training, you know, is focused less on less on hard sparring and more on just techniques and every everything. And a lot of it has to do with just, you know, running, you know, having losing skids like Jessica. I I this was her four straight yeah. loss and she was one in five in her in her last six. And she distinctly she said flat out flat out in her, in her post fight scrum that she wanted to she wanted to quit before they cut her so so it's almost like she felt like she was going to okay. get get cut possibly possibly so she didn't she didn't want to you know she's just like you know i'll retire before you have the chance to fire me kind of kind of deal kind of deal and she has interest in doing pro re- pro wrestling and other stuff you know and just you know mm-hmm. it, it's a different thing too with women i feel like women get to a certain age and if you haven't you know if you if your whole idea is to want to have a family and have kids and you haven't hit that yet and you start going through a skid like you know like with joanna it's just you know, Joanna was another one, was another big, big one here recently. It's just, you know, for women, it's, I think it's a little bit different, different, you know, if they want to start families, they might get out sooner for Cerrone. I mean, that guy, I feel like it's time for him. You know, he's been just, he just fought so much and, and, you know, it catches up to you and he's winless in his last seven, but he, because, but he, he was a massive star. He's arguably one of the top three stars to never win a UFC title title, you know, top three, top five, you know, you know, guys like Faber, you know, uh, the Diaz brothers, you know, they never won UFC titles, you know, those guys, you know, you know, I brought up Benavidez, Benavidez, you know, you know, Benavidez is probably not, not big name, but you know, you know, best, you know, but, but anyway, but, uh, yeah. And Cerrone said he's off to be a movie star. He's been doing a lot of acting lately and just all that. He also mentioned in his post fight scrum that maybe in a year or two, I'll get the itch. So he kind of left the door (laughs) open and he's one of those guys where, where, you know, if he's got nothing going on and he wants, he decides he wants to fight, you know, he'll fight basically with no notice, you know, you know, kind of deal. But yeah, it's, we're seeing a changing of the guard and everybody, you know, there's a lot of these people, you know, the whole back in my day thing, you know, and they want, you know, they're who are hardcore viewers 10, 11 years ago who, who get away from it and they get back in now and they're like, I don't know any of these people. So they stop watching and it's just, it's just, yeah, you know, a lot of your guys from back, from that back in the day, they're not going to be around much longer. And, you know, it's a new wave coming through, coming through. So, you know, it's just, it was time for both. Watch them, watch them all watch them while you can. I, uh, as, as I've talked about on the show, I, I generally, you know, I start watching these shows on a delay and then I fast forward through the entrances and and the commercials and everything so I can catch up. And I just, 
I had a feeling I didn't want to fast forward through Donald Cerrone's entrance this time. So I, I did watch it and, you know, it was the last time I was going to see it. I didn't know that, but, I, you know, you kind of had a feeling, um, you know, that, uh, you know, if he, if he doesn't win, this could be that. And either way, it's going to be one of the last times anyways. I was just looking at Sarah Kaufman's record because I knew she, you know, she hadn't been in the UFC in a long time. I mean, she lost to to Valentina Shevchenko by split decision, and then she got cut. And like, she's won, she's won six. She won five of her last six fights, and the the one she lost was by decision to Larissa Pacheco, who is, you know, she's she's the number one seed in the PFL tournament over uh, Kayla Harrison. Um, you know, she, she's no shakes. Like, and she, you know, she beat Panny Kianza. She beat Jessica Rose Clark. Like, you know, um, she probably had some gas left in the tank. She won her last fight by first round stoppage, but you know, I guess she's getting out and maybe it's, you know, the family thing, like you talked about, I don't know. Um, but, uh, that, that one kind of, that one surprised yeah, me. Yeah. It's, it's um, probably easy. But, you know, maybe it's probably easier for somebody like her in her situation where she's just fighting on the regional scene right now she's not with any big yeah. promotion so it's so if no if no big promotion is showing any interest in signing you yeah. signing you and you're at that age maybe it's the sign you know and maybe if someone you know and with her like if someone you know calls her up and says hey you know we need an opponent and you know you get like you know 50 grand or something then maybe okay maybe i'm unretired for tonight <laughs> or for the you know for this camp um but yeah so that yeah that was uh i just yeah i just thought that was interesting i was scrolling through your column and you know all these retirements and, and it even hit me like you know you can kind of see it like when the fight's over and they're reading the decision and then like they're taking off their gloves and uh you know and, and joe is like he's trying to interview the winner but he's looking over to the side and like even jim miller i thought it was really classy and you pointed it out too uh in our private conversation we have over dm that uh, you know jim miller stepped aside and let cerrone have his moment before um you know getting on with his regular post-fight interview i thought that was really classy um you know by him jim, uh, jim, but yeah jim, we're here there, there's a reason why everybody calls him jim f and miller because he's the man the the uh the ultimate he he's is the man him and seth rollins um <laughs> uh so uh yeah we're here to talk about ufc 276 um you know i don't i, I don't want to spend like a ton of time on this because you know honestly if people want to hear like the full recap you, you go to wrestling observer you did a really great job we'll talk about it here um especially the um the two title fights and and the um the featured fight actually the whole main card we'll, we'll get into here because uh, there's something to talk about with every one of them um and honestly like it's funny because we were talking after the show and saying, you know, this wasn't a really good card and that was kind of the consensus. But when you were recapping it on, on the Observer and I heard it like I'm like, this card wasn't actually like a bad card at all. It's just you kind of had a bad taste in your mouth because the the main event was was boring and the co-main I mean, we, we got a dominant performance by Alexander Volkanovsky, but I mean, we were expecting a war and we didn't really get that. So I think it, I think people were disappointed with the top two fights. But I mean, Barbarino Lawler was was a awesome fight we got an awesome knockout with with Pereira the ABC prelims were great 
Um, so, I mean, overall, it was, I mean, it was definitely an easy thumbs up card. The main card was probably thumbs in the middle, but really like if the fights had happened in a different order, you know, like if we got the awesome knockout in the main event, we might've felt differently about it or the Barbarina Lawler like war for almost 10 minutes. Um, you know, if that was the main event, we would have been like, oh my God, this was a great card. Um, but, uh, main event, we saw Israel Adesanya retain against Jared Cannonier. And, uh, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say it was dominant. I mean, he won, you know, four of the five rounds, you know, you could even say he won all five if you want. Um, but I mean, it wasn't like, he wasn't like lighting him up or anything. It was just, he was doing what he does kind of like Anderson Silva, um, you know, just doing enough to win and Cannoneer couldn't really get his game going. He tried to clinch and, you know, get some stuff going that way. And whenever he did that, like he, he was in control, but he didn't do any damage and he wasn't doing enough to win any rounds other than the fourth. And uh, Adesanya, you know, I, I came away from this thinking like if he fights this same fight against Alex Pereira, he's going to get knocked out. But, I mean, he probably won't fight the same fight against Alex Pereira. So, um, you know, because he's smart and he's got good coaching and and he's probably, I mean, maybe the smartest fighter that I've ever seen. Um, you know, I maybe. I don't know. Him or GSP. Um, what, what, what do you think? And I guess we should... Yeah, 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 GSP. Uh, but GST took a lot of damage in a lot of fights. And Adesanya never takes damage. Like, I mean, his defense is just incredible. Work defense are incredible, uh, yeah. But, you know, yeah, before we get into the fight, though, we got to talk about the um, the entrance. <laughs> um, with Triple H and Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon and, and Nick Khan and Pat McAfee at ringside, uh, Adesanya comes out to the Undertaker's theme music, and not just the music. Um, he had the cape and he had the we hat, the, and the urn, and uh, oh, I thought no, he had the no cape. cape. Okay, I, I I guess I'm remembering that wrong, but everything else. And uh, it's funny because uh, he's the last guy I would think of for WWE, but apparently he's interested. He's, in it. He and uh, he even he, talked. That he's he's brought up a bunch of times before. Like he was, he's a big, he's a big. Uh, fan from back in the day okay so yeah i mean yeah so obviously he got permission and i guess the cost of of the rights for the music is four four, five prime tickets to the show sorry go ahead you remember back uh back in february when he was uh after the fight in houston when he beat whitaker and uh, he was doing his post-fight scrum and booker t asked the question and he's like is that booker t yeah oh right yeah i remember that yeah, you were, yeah, you were there, right? Yeah, next to Booker T. <laughs> so, so any, yeah, yeah. So, just like, yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, he just, he he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would, you know, be, you know, I mean, maybe a fan <laughs> for sure, but not necessarily would be good at He's not like a Cormier where he's like this outlandish personality, but. Um, do you see that the, he can did talk. you see that the urn had Jared's <laughs> name on it? Uh, I didn't, but I'm not yeah. surprised. I mean, but then, you know, like you would like maybe to see a finish if you're going to yeah. do that. So he didn't really call it yeah. shot, but he did, uh, Cannoneer. I mean, you know, I mean, he fought a great fight. He fought, he did, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know that you could have expected any better than this from Cannoneer, you know, unless he was going to knock him out. But I mean, he stood there for five rounds and, you know, the rounds were close ish. I mean, but I mean, they were clearly Adesanya. Like, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, think... we have different points of view on this fight. I don't think. I don't think. Can, I don't okay. think Cannonier fought a good fight at all. It was a lot of just walking forward and pitter pattering in the clinch. 
Like he didn't do, he didn't do anything. Like he didn't, he didn't land a single punch in the first round. I mean, he he was just leaning. You know, well, no, and that so it was it was very. Well, that's not what the stats said, but yeah, no, I think think that's what it was. I mean, Adesanya, it, Adesanya, he's a uh, he's hit this level, and it's more. Uh, it seems more apparent since the Jan Blakovich loss. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if the Blakovich. I feel like he maybe thought he could have beat Jan Blakovich, but he didn't fight smart. And now that he's and now he's taking it to fights where he's trying to fight more cautiously and do and do things that he thinks will help him win will help him win more and uh yeah it can lead to a lot of boring fights fights you know and it's gonna you know he's gonna fight down to his opponents we saw it with yoel romero and cannonier really didn't press any kind of action or try to take the fight to adesanya so adesanya was able to use his fight iq his footwork he's far and away the most gifted striker in the sport. Uh, so he's, you know, he's not going to do, Adesanya's not going to do anything that's going to put him in a bad position. So when he's not going to take a whole lot of risk and then you have an opponent who's not necessarily overwhelmingly willing to gauge, it's going to lead to boring fights like this. Yeah. I, I guess I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily mean like I, when I say he fought a decent fight, I mean, when I'm saying that, it means like he stayed in there for 25 minutes and he didn't get lit yeah. up. I mean, I mean that's that. the best thing you can I'll say. Give you that. Like, yeah. So he fought a safe fight. Yeah, he fought a safe fight. He didn't. And, and in the fifth round, he needed to go for it and he knew he needed to go for it and he just didn't do it. Um, and, uh, and, and that, I mean, ultimately, I'm not sure he would have finished and maybe he would have got finished himself if he would have pressed it too much, you know, cause Adesanya, like there was a couple times when Adesanya hit him and rocked him, you know, and you could see, and then he would back off and, uh, you know, and, and so I think that was always in the back of his mind that he didn't want to get his head kicked off. So, uh, but you know, Adesanya retained, um, and he set up, uh, you know, obviously what's going to be the next title fight, which uh, we'll talk about in, in a minute, but, um, you know, and, and the post fight promo was, you know, what it was, um, wasn't anything special. I mean, everyone knows what the next fight is. It's going to be a real big fight i think um you know with alex Pereira and uh yeah um in fact you know what we'll, we'll yeah, talk let's, about let's the, uh, the, that, yeah. the featherweight title fight in a second but we'll go to what Pereira. i mean this fight was there to um to set up a challenger and set up a money fight and exactly what we wanted to happen happened sean strickland got knocked out i mean for a number of reasons you know number one sean strickland's an idiot and we always want to see him get knocked hey, out I, but I, um other than I, that I it was want, you know i do want to break, break in on the sean strickland thing he on at the pre pre-fight press conference on uh I think it was Thursday. Thursday. Like, he didn't say yeah. – he said some stuff, but he did say a lot of stuff that were – had the had the decision been the opposite way. The fight – a fight between him and Adesanya would have been built up pretty big. Pretty big. You would have – you were going to have some embarrassing stuff come out of Strickland's mouth, but those two – those two were getting into it. So, so I won't say – you know, I won't bash Strickland on that. Yeah. Did you did you hear what what they were saying about uh, what he was saying about the um, how he got every time he's wanted to be in a fight in his life and didn't actually get in the fight he regrets it and then he talked about how him and his wife were driving and he got cut off in the car 
and he still to this day um, is kicking himself because he didn't get out of the car and beat the shit out. Well, he's definitely got some issues and some anger management <laughs> issues, but but I mean, but yeah, like, but uh, I I I, I got to tell you that this happened to me last last week, uh, last Wednesday. Um, I was on my way home from Tim Hortons and uh, I passed a guy on a residential street and he got like super mad at me and he he like shoots up past me and he's rolling down his window, he's screaming at me, "You fucking asshole!" Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then. I, I kept going and I ignored him and then like he goes behind me then he speeds up beside me again and does the same thing then I turned onto my street the guy follows me I pull into my driveway he stops at the end of my driveway jumps out of his car and he's screaming at me you idiot blah, blah, blah. and I'm like sir you're trespassing my property uh, I, I'm asking you to leave right now fuck you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like if you don't leave right now I'm gonna call the cops the guys just keep screaming at me so I picked up the phone I start calling 911 and then as soon as I start talking he gets in his car and leaves and uh then the police came like later and talked to me and they said they were gonna go talk to the guy and you know like give him you know shake his head a little bit but anyways i wanted to tell that story when i when i heard this strong strickland thing i made up my mind i was going to tell that story on this show so um but if i was in chicago like those police might have been i doing a homicide i think <laughs> but this is winnipeg and <laughs> luckily i'm i'm okay that's about as violent um, as it gets in but that's yeah, about my, as violent as it gets in canada hey eh? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Hey, I brought my dog out of the car too to uh, to kind of help me out. Thumper, uh, Thumper got in between me and this uh, lunatic. Uh, but anyways, back to Pereira. Um, he he just knocked the shit out of Strawn Strickland, and it was funny because like Strickland goes down and he's like kind of doing the wobbly legs, and then he and then he hits him again, and then he goes right down, and then he gets up and he can't even like he he can't even stand straight, and he's arguing, you know that he didn't get knocked out, and I thought that was funny. I think he was arguing. Um, he he seemed like he was upset that it got stopped, but he 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 was out. Like even when he got up, he was out, and uh, yeah, Pereira couldn't look better two minutes and 36 seconds and uh you know he came in unranked strickland was ranked number four and uh he's gonna get a title shot because as you yeah. said i mean number one it's a money fight but number Here's two the, everyone in the division's coming off a lot damn it i was gonna right? i was gonna play a game game with game with Sorry. you game with you and, and listeners but you you you, you 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 did it before i could well, could do it but yeah yeah. Except I don't know who it is. So if you want to ask me, because I have no okay. idea who it is that in the top okay. whatever that's coming off that's not coming off okay. a loss. Here's the top ten at middleweight. This is bef- this is as of right now before it resets tomorrow. But here's your top ten: Rob- Robert Whitaker, Jared Cannonier, Marvin Vittori, Sean Strickland, Derek Brunson, Paulo Costa, Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, Uriah Hall, and Kelvin Gastelum. Now, nine out of the ten of those have something in common, and what is that? They've they lost. All, but who's the one that has They all lost their last fight. The only one out of those ten who won their last fight is Marvin Vittori, and we just saw him in Adesanya a year Vittori. ago, okay. and it wasn't, it wasn't a competitive fight at all. So, there you go. So, um, I mean, if it's not, I mean, if it's not Pereira, you're, you're going into, like, 
11 to 15 and i mean and and Pereira just beat number four so i mean not only is it the money fight it makes sense yeah, and, on paper and, and you know and and like you said and now the division will start to work itself out because you have you know you'll have these guys who fighting you know fighting each other each other and then they'll start and then you have whitaker and vittori i mean i i brought up you know matching up cannoneer and strickland next you have Hermanson and Darren Till, Till fighting. If Darren Till wins, all of a sudden he's back in the back in the mix. And as I told you privately, and I'll say here pu- publicly because uh, uh, you know this is also going to be put in the Observer this week. One guy who's not listed here, who who could benefit from all the fact that these all these contenders have coming off losses, is Luke Rockhold, who's coming back in a month and fighting Paulo Costa. He he wins. You know, he jumps up in the rankings. He's a former middleweight champion. You know, he can, you know, that's all of a sudden he's in the mix. So, so yeah, middleweight's kind of, kind of weird. I I still, I still think that fight, I still think that fight's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, That's why, that's why I said, when when you talk about middleweight, (laughs) yeah. When you talk about middleweight being weird, I mean, the weirdest thing about middleweight is the fact that we got a co main event coming up this week between two middleweights that, nobody's heard of I, I when i was doing my research for the show and i do research for this show um i was just amazed that at the coming and and uh we'll we'll get into that later maybe one of those guys will fight next for the title i don't think so by the way um but yeah uh Pereira, i mean he and and I, we haven't mentioned it on the show yet i mean on today's show but we've talked about it in the past and they talked about it on the broadcast as well Pereira is the only guy to knock out Israel Adesanya in combat sports competition it uh, obviously was in kickboxing he's also he also beat him by decision once I believe right yeah so he's he's got two wins over over Adesanya in kickboxing and like I said I mean maybe I'm just buying into the hype but <coughs> when I looked at this fight like I mean uh, the first two minutes of of Pereira Strickland looked an awful lot like the twenty five minutes of Adesanya Cannoneer, where Strickland was was Cannoneer and Pereira was Adesanya. And if if Adesanya does the same thing, I mean Pereira's going to hit him at some point, and uh, and he's probably going to knock him out. So I mean it's I think I think Adesanya's going to have to um, use a little bit more of his other MMA skills, which he normally doesn't get a chance to show because if he just has a stand up fight with Pereira, I I, I mean. That's not a good idea, I don't think. I don't know what you think, but um, I, th- I think Pereira is, he's shown in some fights that he's, you know, when he gets into the grappling and stuff, that's where he's, you know, obviously got a lot to learn. He's still very young in, in mixed martial arts. Um, and yeah, so I, but learning, I mean, you know, the, the growth curve's there. What, how do you, like, what do you think? I think it, it's actually been an interesting fight. It's something that I didn't mention about Adesanya is I think if he feels like feels like uh, his opponent is a real threat, he fights a little bit more kind of, uh, I don't know, fights better. We'll put you this way. This way, he fought. Okay. The cannon, with sure. Cannoneer, he fought like he didn't feel like Cannoneer was a real threat. Because he fought differently than he did against okay. against Whitaker, who who I guess who he thought, and he fought differently than he did against Costa. So those are guys I feel like he felt were like real threats, whereas like Romero, Vittori, Cannoneer, I don't think he felt like those guys were real threats. And I think he'll feel like Pereira is a real threat just because of their history. So which I think makes for an even more interesting fight. I think we're gonna see. Uh, <laughs> A completely different 
Adesanya in the fight against Pereira. Like, I think he, we're going to see him fight like we've never seen him before. I think he's going to have a completely different game plan. So while I'm saying, like, you know, if, if, you know, this Adesanya that fought Cannoneer shows up to Pereira, he's he's going to yeah. lose. But I don't think that's going to happen. So Whereas I don't think Pereira's, I don't think Pereira has the versatility. At least he hasn't shown it, obviously, in, in what we've seen to adjust for a guy like Adesanya in MMA. Um, obviously in kickboxing, you know, who knows? Like I don't watch kickboxing, so I, I assume Pereira's better, you know, given that he beat him twice. But, um, you know, in, in MMA, like Adesanya is literally... I mean, he's probably top five of all time and maybe even top three at this point. Um, and, you know, and, and, and Pereira is, you know, six and one, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, I, I mean, you know, if he beats him, they will have another conversation, but uh, until he does, I think, uh, I think it's uh, obviously, I think Adesanya is going to yeah. be a big favorite. And, but and the whole, they'll do the hype. hype yes. Machine. And the whole point of bringing Pereira in was to build up to this fight. So just go ahead you just strike while the iron's hot like like and it's gonna be a big fight mm-hmm. like that's that's why yeah you don't sit on this fight you yeah this was this was matchmaking 101 this is what they used to do back in you know the early zufa days you know like you bring a guy in you have him win two or three times and then you send him right into a title fight and then you know you, either he wins or he loses and then you know you figure out what to do with him after that but this is perfect i mean this is pro wrestling booking too i mean it's you know building up a challenger for the champion and that's what they did so and high profile fight you know and this was this probably a decent show i don't think it's like gonna be like probably I, my guess is like 500 no no more 650 maybe 700 uh i think being on e, the prelims being on abc will help but uh you know it's a big audience will will have seen Pereira uh get a really impressive knockout over sean strickland and uh you know and that that helps as well for the for the match um, and the co-main event, uh, as as we said earlier, uh, Volkanovski just dominated Max Holloway for five rounds. Um, the, you know, Holloway did not. The closest he came to winning a round was in the first, and it wasn't terribly close. Um, and, uh, I mean, there was no 10-8s anywhere, I don't think. But by the end of the fight, Holloway looked like he'd been in a war, and Volkanovski looked like he was getting ready to start a fight like he, he i mean i don't I, he didn't look like he had a scratch on him um he looked like he could have easily gone another five rounds and holloway looked like he needed to go to the er um and yeah it was uh it was dominant uh no question after two previous fights where you know there were some questions about the first one the second one a lot most people think holloway won this one i mean he's clearly the champ clearly the number one featherweight in the world maybe the number one featherweight of all time and and you know you had an interesting you know like you're on the rankings committee and you had to choose between Volkanovski and Usman for the pound for pound and and it's an interesting discussion because uh Volkanovski just looked so damn good here and um you know I, I don't know like I, I and and you know and Joe Rogan talked it afterwards and, and we wanted to talk about this like he said oh you've pretty much cleaned out the division and what do you want to do because obviously he's trying to set him up to say he's moving the lightweight but I was like screaming at my tv screen like what the, what are you talking about like there's a there's the top 10 that are all like killers unlike middleweight like these are all guys on like five six fight win streaks and and waiting for you know this Volkanovski Holloway thing to finish so somebody can get a shot at Volkanovski and and now he's going to move up to lightweight and you know he's cleaned out the division except he hasn't actually beat anybody in the top I mean I shouldn't say he hasn't beat anybody but most of them he hasn't beat um Zombie and Ortega like 
that's it. Like that's the only guys in the top what ten that he's beat, right? Yeah, only yeah, only guys in the top top fifteen he's beat. Fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he hasn't cleaned out the division. Like, that's ridiculous. Now, you could go by MMA math and say, well, Holloway's beat a lot of them and he just waxed Holloway. But, you know, you you can't do that because, I mean, the other thing is, is like one thing you got to consider. I mean, is Max Holloway Tony Ferguson? Like we, we won't know till we see him again, but he's 30 years old now. He's been in some wars and at some point it's going to catch up to him. And maybe it was here. I mean, it's hard to say when you fought the best fighter in the world. Uh, but, um, you know, if we see him fight next time and all of a sudden he gets knocked out, then we're going to look back at this and be like, okay, is Volkanovsky actually as good as he looked or is, is Holloway just not uh, or, that good? Or, I'll, or, um, or it could be like this. I'll answer that question. Or it could be like this. Maybe Alexander Volkanovsky is just that one guy Max Holloway can't beat. There's a lot of guys who who there's just yep. that one guy, like Daniel Cormier. Yep. He can beat everybody. He just can never beat John Jones. BJ Penn can never beat George St. Pierre. Colby Covington just can't beat Kamara Usman. There's a lot of there's a lot of situations like that. And this might be the one for Holloway. Holloway, I was looking at CM Punk can't just can't beat uh, Mike Jackson. Okay. Um, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was looking at. I was looking at Holloway's history, and he's had. Tw- this was his 26th UFC fight. There's only been five times in Holloway's UFC career where he's been outstruck. One was an early fight, like his third fight in the UFC, a fight where he beat Justin Lawrence. The other one was that Conor McGregor fight where McGregor tore tore his ACL, but the other three times were all three fights against Volkanovski. It's just clear that Volkanovski might just have his number, number, and there's not the, I mean, it just shows that. shows that, I mean, Aldo, Aldo could never beat Holloway. Like, it's just, there's those, there's these just guys that, that, you know, they'll beat everybody else, but there'll be one guy that just can't figure out, and that might be, that might be Volkanovski to Holloway. I don't know that Holloway's lost anything yet. Well, no, I'm not saying he has. I'm just saying, like, we don't know. Yeah. And this is why I want to see. This is why I want to see um, Volkanovski fight somebody other than Holloway. Yeah. Um, you know, at least you know one guy. Like, I mean, if he was to all of a sudden fight, um, like, I'm just pulling up the rankings here. Like, if it, you know, if he was to go in there and you know fight uh, Josh Emmett, for instance, you know, we talked about that. Like, Emmett's earned a title shot, and and he just destroys Emmett. Let's say he knocks him out in the second round or something like that. Then we're like, okay, you know what, like. I don't think I need to see anymore. He's beat Ortega. He's beat Holloway three times. He's beat Emmett. Okay, move up to lightweight, you know. And, and I know the other thing is he's talking about he wants to win the lightweight title and then defend both belts. And, um, and and like, yeah, I mean, that's a noble thing. We've seen Amanda Nunez do that, but I don't think the quality of competition at, at men's 145 and 155 is a little bit better than women's 135 and 145. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so for him to even attempt that would be something. Yeah. Um, and Go ahead and finish your thought and then I'll pose, then I'll pose a question. No, that's it. Here, I'll pose this question for you. Yeah. If you're, uh, okay, what do you think is going to be Alexander Volkanovsky's next move? And then, and then I'll tell you what I think. Uh, what do I? Okay, I think he's gonna defend against uh, Josh Emmett. You think that's sex? I think his next move is to defend the featherweight title as well, as well. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, here's here's where here's where I see it. Uh, the lightweight title picture right now, with that title being vacant, is kind of a mess. So you know they. 
the fight's going to have Oliveira in it. They don't know when Oliveira is going to return. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people, Habib's side wants Makachev in the fight. Other people don't want Makachev in the fight. Oliveira wants Conor McGregor. If Oliveira wants Conor McGregor, and as ridiculous as it sounds, yes, the UFC will put Conor McGregor in a title fight, even though even though he's lost two in a row, if that's what Charles Oliveira wants. If I'm Max Holloway and I want to be active, my next move is staying at 145 and defending the title next. Here's another reason, too. I think... Whoa, 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 hold on. You said Max Holloway. You no, meant, I mean, um, Vol- Vol- you meant Vol- yeah. Volkanovski. Sorry. Sorry about that. I was looking. Okay. I was, no, for I some reason, sure. I was staring at Max Holloway's name, yeah. name in front of me on the computer. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to make sure because I, I was wondering what for Max Holloway's going to do Holloway, next, too, but going that's up, another question. Max Holloway, I can see going up to 155, though, though if the zombie wants only one more fight, I think you do Holloway and the zombie. So... <laughs> Yeah. So just because that's a fight that everybody has wanted to see forever. So just, I would just do that, do that. But, uh, but anyway, back to Volkanovsky. If I'm Volkanovsky, I wait until there's a lightweight champion before I go to the, go for that fight because there's more value in it being champion versus champion instead of champion going for a vacant title. In my opinion, I think there's more value. I think the fight sells bigger if it's champion versus champion as, as well. And with the whole, like, we don't know necessarily when the lightweight title fight's going to happen. If he wants to stay busy, you know, fight Yair Rodriguez next if he beats Brian Ortega or fight Josh Hemmett next. He could probably get that fight. I mean, if you want to say active, you might be able to get that fight in October, November, definitely before the end of the year for sure. So, uh, and then there's a lot of guys. There's Arnold Allen, Bryce Mitchell, Mavzari Vloyev, Ila Tapiria. Oh. Guys who aren't even ranked coming up. I mean, I mean, Giga Chikadze, he gets a win. He's back in Giga. the mix. Yeah. Calvin Cater gets a win. He's back in the mix. I mean, just, you know, a whole bunch of guys in that division. It's filled with killers. So so he's got plenty of challenges at 145. Um, if, um, if Holloway was to move up, uh, and uh, let's say, you know, like he puts on a little bit of weight and he, he keeps that, you know, the striking and and the chin is the key, I think. Let's say Holloway puts together a couple wins and gets himself into a title shot, wins the title. Do we see Volkanovski and Holloway four for the lightweight title? I feel like there would have to be a lot of dominoes fall certain ways for that to happen. Yeah. I was thinking about that, though. Like, if both guys move up, like, do we see them again at some point? Like, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think they'd try to avoid that fight if they could. But if Holloway was to win the title, I mean, I think it's a natural, especially if, if Volkanovski is still the champ. But, I mean, we're a long way from that. Um, and, and, again, there's just as likely that, you know, we, we, we're seeing the, you know, the, the beginning of the decline of Max Holloway. But I hope that's not the case because, I mean, I've said many times he's my favorite fighter. But um, I just didn't wasn't impressed with his performance here. And maybe he needs to start sparring again. Um, that's just a, just a suggestion. I'm not a coach, but... Um, all right. And then the, uh, we talked a little bit about this, the, um, the, the, one of the other, uh, featured fights on the card and obviously your favorite fighter, uh, Robbie Lawler. Um, he had a, just a war with Brian Barberena. Um, and I, I listened to your recap on observer. I agree with you. I thought Lawler won the first round, even though if you look at the stats, like Barberena landed more strikes, but Lawler was clearly landing the more impactful strikes doing like 
he had some pretty incredible body work. Like he was, he was doing these combinations where he was hitting him in, you know, in the body and then to the head and, and Barbarino was backing up. And by the end of the first round, like Barbarino was bloodied. And, you know, even though he'd landed like almost twice as many strikes as Lawler, like law, I thought law, like I thought it was pretty clear that Lawler had won the round. And the second round kind of started the same. Like Lawler was just, he just relentless. Like he was going forward, like in that fight with um, with Nate Diaz, like it, it looked, or to Nick Diaz, it looked similar to that, like where he's just going forward and, and like just pressing and pressing and pressing. And then finally, Barbarano started connecting. And then like about halfway through the second round, it just turned into this wild war. And they both guys just killing each other with punches. And then finally, Barbarano just, just stunned Lawler and, and just kept kept hitting them and, and the ref stopped stepped in with like 13 seconds left and stopped the fight and Lawler didn't protest like it was um, you know he clearly lost but if he had managed to last that 13 seconds I mean I think we were looking at 1-1 and the you know, third round probably would have been exactly the same and who knows right but uh, yeah it was uh, pretty gutsy performance from Barbarino I think second straight fight where he had like a fight like this if I'm not mistaken like um, yeah, the Matt Brown fight, <laughs> like the last one was like maybe the fight of the year. And then he had this one, which, you know, was shaping up to be a fight of the year. Um, I, you know, and Lawler, like, I don't know, like he didn't look like a 40 year old guy that was ready to retire. Like I wasn't expecting him to take off his gloves and put them in the center of the ring. Um, he, he still looked good. Yeah. Uh, Barbarina fought just like a perfect strategy to combat a guy who's going to constantly press forward because like I was, like we said yeah he he outlanded Robbie Lawler in the first but if you just watch Barbarina he was just constantly moving his hands his hands and I think the final count the counts was like it was like 60 to 39 in significant strikes in the first round for Barbarina but they counted like something close to 200 strikes that Barbarina threw through yeah. because he was just constantly having his hands in motion and it's a very hard to fight against somebody who's doing who's doing that as you're trying to press forward but Lawler rocked him a few times there was a there was a jab in particular particular that almost knocked Barbarina down I think he would have went down if the fence wasn't wasn't right behind him I think the fence helped him stay up and that could have you know had had Barbarina went down there you know we might have had a finish there in the first first round but yeah just the constant motion that Barbarina was in was in and then he was able to land some power shots there in the second and and Robbie, you know, his chin, his chin isn't what it was used to because he's he's been in the most incredible wars, wars that you can imagine. I'm, you know, that that run that Robbie Lawler from when he fought Josh Koscheck up through the Condit fight is one of the more underrated like UFC runs ever. And he had three straight fight of the years, years, you know, with Hendricks, with, with Rory and with Condit. I mean, the guy is arguably the most exciting fighter in UFC history, just based on that, him or, you know, Gaethje, in my opinion, it's one of those two, two, but, uh, but yeah, just, I mean, it's a really great fight. Oliveira's up Oliveira's there. up there too. Yeah. Yeah. Cerrone, Cerrone's in the discussion, but I want to put Cerrone, Cerrone up, up at top three 
maybe five maybe top five but but yeah but just uh yeah yeah five yeah five <coughs> five feels right but yeah just a really fun fight fun fight and a good showing for barbarina and i don't i don't you know i don't feel like robbie lawler is done he's just i mean he's done done being a contender but he's a guy who you can keep keep around to fight twice a year fight veteran veteran fights i suggested maybe him against tim means next you know those are kind of guys who are just like like you know mm-hmm. match them up put them on a card in a in a featured spot and they'll deliver a fun fight and that's that's what robbie lawler is these days when has lawler oh yeah they fought i could do um, matt brown rematch that's been like yeah i could do that too um yeah um all right and then the other main card fight uh not much to say about it um i I gotta tell you like actually i think i fell asleep in the first round um and uh woke up like in the second when they they were doing all the discussion with the eye poke and then i rewound to see what i'd missed and um i yeah i mean this fight was not much i mean it was it was sean o'malley's biggest test i think and i mean i'm not sure if he passed um you know it ended up being a no contest because sean o'malley poked poked munoz in the eye and immediately munoz was saying he couldn't see and uh normally they give them like five minutes but they didn't even do that i think it was like two minutes and then they're they just stopped well the eye poke you're not supposed to get five minutes went to the five minutes is only supposed to be for the groin strike oh right okay okay so that's a common misconception um but yeah they stopped the fight um because they hadn't completed the second round it went to it was no contest and uh yeah i uh i i think you know you said munoz probably won the first round i again i i I can't say because i think i fell asleep um but i just know that there wasn't it wasn't a clear decision either way in the first and the second seem i did watch the whole second round and didn't really appear like either guy was winning um it would have been like a really close round uh, but uh yeah yeah I, yeah uh munoz in my opinion definitely won the, won the first and he got two two of the three uh rounds on the on the on the judges scorecards one of the judges gave it to o'malley i do think when the when the stoppage happened that o'malley was starting to take over the fight right then and there and i feel like okay i feel like we were destined towards an o'malley decision decision uh but uh but uh yeah but munoz his only thing was landing leg kicks and i mean this with no hyperbole he landed 27 significant strikes all of them were leg kicks like 27 out of 27 oh wow he didn't land a single punch in the fight at all or a single strike to the body at all it was all leg kicks which is what you have to do to try to beat sean o'malley with his his length but i i mean munoz i mean he he fought smart but it was just it wasn't making for any anything crazy and and i think it kind of threw o'malley off just because i mean o'malley was checking a lot of a lot of them but but munoz was just constantly throwing the leg kick, leg kicks that o'malley could never really get in a groove on the striking on the striking and just but he started to in the second before the eye poke happened but uh yeah i mean i don't i can't it's hard to say whether o'malley passed the test or not it's 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 up in the air and i don't know you know i would not run this fight back back at all but you know i would avoid matching it up but maybe you give o'malley i don't know maybe you give I forgot who I said. Oh, oh, yeah. I know who I said. Rob Font is what you said. No, not Rob Font. Yeah. No, Rob Font. That's who you said in the column. No, I said Cody Garbrandt. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. That was for yeah. Munoz. That was for Munoz. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, maybe yeah. Maybe do that. Yeah, that's a good Maybe fight. do that. Uh, 
Yeah. I think font. I think I said font. Cody's getting knocked out if they do that. I think I said that, font but... for. A f- <laughs> I said. I think I said for Munoz. Yeah, for yeah. Munoz. Yeah, yeah. You said for. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, not much there. It wasn't quite the uh, you know the the fight to the next level for Sean O'Malley. That'll have to be put on hold till at least the next fight. But uh, we'll see what's next for both those guys. Um, so let, let's do our three stars, and I mean, we can we can you know there's only there's 11 12 fights on the card so we may have to go with some of the fights we talked about but you can go first because i think i did last okay week. i'm gonna, my first star is gonna be alex Pereira, and we don't need to go into that into that uh, into that because we just talked about it. my second star is gonna be jalen turner uh just super impressive 45 oh yeah 45 seconds uh just just uh rocked brad riddell with the right hand and then and then got him in a guillotine choke and tapped him out and for my third star, I'll leave you. I'll leave you somebody. So I'll go with Dracus Duplessis. Yeah, it was a unanimous decision over Brad Tavares, but Duplessis looked great in the second and third round. And Tavares, his face was was an absolute mess. You know, you know, you you sent yeah. you sent me a message that you couldn't even tell if Tavares still had a nose. He was that covered in blood. Yeah, blood. like from a certain yeah. angle, like all you saw was yeah. red. Like, yeah, but it was uh, crazy. But we're talking we were talking about middleweight needing contenders between him, between Duplessis and Andre Muniz, who had a big win, big win. Like these are the kind of guys that you know, you know, Alex Pereira getting the next shot gives time to build these guys up into contenders so that's a that's that's why a Pereira getting a shot is another good thing another good thing but Duplessis I was really impressed with his showing he's 17 and 2 and he talks very well and he couldn't make himself a star I was worried that in the first round it looked like Tavares might finish him like he got off to a bit of a a slow yeah. start, but then he kind of took Dude, over. He yeah. he had this thing where like the more tired he got, the better he started fighting. Yeah. It's like complete opposite of, yeah. of a lot of times you see these guys getting tired and they just can't give anything anymore. And it seemed like once he started to get yeah. tired that he he went next level and just started fighting better. It's kind of crazy to see. And he, he made sure to tell everyone how to pronounce yeah. his name too, which is which well. Is that, really I good. mean, yeah. So, um, all right. He wants he wants everybody he wants everybody to say his name because he's because he wants he wants to be a UFC champion and he wants people to know how to say it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, my first star obviously is going to be uh, Jim freaking Miller. Uh, first second round submission over Donald Cerrone. First round was like pretty close. I thought you know you could argue that Cerrone won the round. Um, uh, but although Miller was taken over by the end of the round, in the second round he, uh, he Cerrone actually landed a leg kick and th- but then he slipped and then Miller just um, j- slapped on a guillotine. Br- drug him to the ground and and submitted him. I mean, once you get on the ground in a guillotine with Jim Miller, it's over, especially if you're Donald Cerrone. Um, so that was, yeah, that that was that fight. And again, you know, he's uh, well on his way to fighting at UFC 300, and we're all rooting for that. Uh, second star, Julius Stolyarenko in the opener. Um, 42 seconds submission over Jessica Rose Clark. Um, she, uh, she slapped on a uh, Kimura um and uh or an arm bar i guess yeah i guess it was a camera like but she uh jessica rose clark was tapping and the ref didn't see it right away and unfortunately she dislocated her elbow um you know i'm not necessarily gonna blame the ref because he was just in the wrong wrong position to see it and it wasn't like super late but it was you know it was probably like 
a second or two. And that might've been the difference between her having a dislocated elbow and not having a dislocated elbow. Um, and my third star is going to be a guy you mentioned, uh, Andre Munez, um, picked up a big win over Uriah Hall, uh, via now's decision. This was a really good fight. Um, Uriah Hall, you know, again, he didn't gas out, but he looked smaller, uh, than usual. I think, I think that was him. Well, no, is that, is that, was that the one I commented on or was that last week? There was somebody. Was that was last I, week. I don't know. That was, uh, that was last oh, week. Oh, right. Yeah. With the, yeah. One of, the, one of those jacked Tafon. up. Tafon and Jakui. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so this was the one. But I, I just thought Andre Munez looked real good, like you said. I mean, this was his biggest test um, by far. Well, Eric Anders is a tough test. He beat Jacare. I, this, this was still his but, biggest uh, test. This yeah. Was, yeah, this was his fifth straight UFC fight, and he's ready for a bigger fight. You called for uh, Derek Brunson. I like that because, I mean, that's one of the guys that you talked about in the top 15 that's or top 10 that's coming off loss. So if Andre Munez beats him, all of a sudden he's going to be ranked and coming in with six straight wins. I mean, really, really, Munez is, if it's the right two fights, he's like two fights away from a title shot. Um, you know, if, if he, you know, if he beats Brunson and then, you know, beats another one of those guys in, you know, like a, like a cannoneer or somebody like that, like he, you know, he's going to be in the title mix. So, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, those are my three stars so um why don't you take us through the rest of these prelims including some of the ones we haven't talked yeah, about yet started off with yulia stoliarenko submitting jessica rose clark 42 seconds to the arm bar like you said uh, then we had macy barber unanimous decision over jessica i i thought this was a pretty clear win for barber i had at 30 27 the only close round was the second round because i took it down down late but uh barber did a lot more damage on the feet before the takedown and i didn't do much with the takedown and it was just there's a lot of fighting in the clinch, and Barber was just landing landing lots of hard elbows and knees that were doing a lot of damage. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier, I left her gloves in the octagon and announced her retirement afterwards. Uh, Macy Barber was was uh, talking about it was the last fight in her deal, saying she wants a new deal. And she right. gave off the impression like she wanted a huge pay increase. So this could be an interesting situation situation coming coming up, you know. You know, so, the, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, she was calling for Dana. Dana, who was not at anything all weekend, you know. You know, it's kind of weird, kind of weird. But uh, I don't know if he was sick. Cowboy said he was having family issues. So I hope everything's who was okay. it? Who was it stropping on the belt <clears throat> in, the, uh, in the top two Nick fights? Maynard. Yeah. Okay, I didn't recognize him. First, I thought it was first. I thought it was Peyton Manning, yeah. Mick Maynard. Yeah, I don't think I recognize. Yeah, usually, Mick Maynard is is, okay. is uh, next in tra- next in charge of wrapping the belt. So he he does it when Dana does it. So okay, doesn't. So uh, then he had right. Andre Muniz and Uriah Hall. Muniz clear thirty twenty seven across the board. I wanted to mention when you were talking about that about that the first and third round, Uriah Hall had zero significant strikes landed in those rounds. So, so, wow. So, yeah, pretty dominant performance from Muniz. Then we had the middleweight fight, Dragos Duplessis over Brad Tavares, 29 28 across the board. This was a really good fight. <clears throat> if it wasn't for Barbarina Lawler, this probably would have won fight of the night. But, uh, but yeah, this is a fight worth going and seeing. Then we had a welterweight fight. He's now known as Ian Machado Gary. He's just Ian Gary to me. 
To me, he, uh, unanimous decision over Gabe Green, 30-27 across the board. Really good fight. Good fight. Very impressive showing by Gary. Uh, Green's very tough, but Gary outlanded him each round, dropped Green in the third. And, uh, yeah, very good showing for Gary. Then you had the welterweight fight, Jim Miller submitting Donald Cerrone. You didn't bring this up, but Jim Miller, now 24 UFC wins, most all-time. Now that was that was the fight for the oh, yeah. that was the fight for the record and uh, it was also Jim Miller's 40th UFC fight which is also also most all time he's the first guy to hit 40 UFC fights and he signed a four fight extension uh, before the fight Jeez. before the fight so I don't think Holloway's going to catch yeah. him if you'd asked me like if you'd asked me like three years ago I would have said Holloway's going to get all these records but. I don't think anybody's beaten. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, he's Anyways. you know he's gonna he's gonna make it to UFC 300. I mean, especially with the way they're matching him up, they're matching him up smartly to where he's not gonna to where he's gonna win more than he loses, and uh, he's gonna make it to UFC 300. And he'll probably you know fight six, seven more times, you know, and before he calls it a day, day. But yeah, Jim Miller. I mean, what more can you say about that guy? He's fantastic then you had jalen turner with the uh, 45 submit second submission over brad riddell in the in the featured prelim but and then we already went over the main card so that's that yep uh so the you mentioned the fight of, fight of the night obviously was lawler and barbarina they each got a fifty thousand bonus and one extra bonus this week uh Pereira got a finish bonus uh jalen turner and uh julius stalyarenko they've been um, and they could have given everybody this is like the second straight yeah they've been given extras they this c- is like the second straight week they gave three performance bonuses maybe maybe that's a new thing maybe they you know maybe they're starting to latch yeah. on to giving more bonuses that'd be a good thing if they did it i was gonna say i was gonna say they could afford to this week because they did a gate of 10.4 million dollars um at the uh t-mobile arena uh you uh wwe across the street at the mgm uh they sold out as well but i they probably their gate was i would guess maybe two and a half maybe two um not, so, not even yeah. that not even um, that because i i told uh I yeah. told Dave. Dave didn't know the number until I told him on the air, on the air, and he was just like blown away yeah. by it. And he said something like, "It's probably like eight yeah. times what WWE did for Money in the Bank." So, so yeah. So yeah, so he's thinking maybe like one point yeah. three. Okay, I, I yeah, it's hard to tell because you know they have a lot of comps, and um, you know I, I know they I know the actual tickets sold were like something like twelve. Yeah, and here it was nineteen thousand six hundred forty nine, and I mean some of those tickets are really high priced. Um, you know, so yeah, it was uh, very successful, and obviously it probably did really well on pay per view too. We don't have any viewership numbers yet because of the long weekend. And, I know. Uh, uh, plus, it's Saturday. We probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Anyways. Plus, ratings are delayed because of the holiday. Holiday, but I, I yeah, I heard ABC number was eight seventeen on a for on on total viewers. So that I mean that's really low for networks, but it was also on ESPN. Yeah, it was also on, so you can't. It's really, also on ESPN, um, ESPN plus plus. The first three fights, the first two hours were on ESPN. So if you're watching the, for if you're watching those on ESPN, you had no real incentive to change the channel. So, so I would say, right. I, obviously, I say once you combine ABC and ESPN, you're probably at about 1.5, 1.6, and then when you throw in ESPN Plus, there's probably over two million people watching the prelims. So that's a that's good overall. Oh, easy, yeah. 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 I I I'm I'm of the impression that there's probably like 
400,000 people any given week watching these shows on ESPN plus. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the smaller shows are going to do less, but, um, you know, I, I would think if I was in the States, I mean, I'd be watching, if you have a subscription to ESPN plus, like, why wouldn't you just put it on? You don't have to change the channel. You don't have any, you have very limited commercials. You get the walkouts. Um, I mean, it just makes so much sense to just leave it on there rather than, Oh, back you don't have to, to this channel. You don't have to worry about, about a, a potential, a potential, you know, basketball game or football game or anything beforehand yep. going along and then yep. and then oh we're supposed to be on ESPN but we're going to start on ESPN2 or ESPN News but once this game's over you have to change from ESPN2 back to ESPN to watch the rest of it you know there's just there could be a lot of you know changing of the channels on nights where it's just it's always a much smoother yeah. smoother experience to watch it on ESPN Plus and a lot of people canceled ESPN just to get ESPN Plus a lot of UFC viewers have ES, EFC, or ESPN Plus yep. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, that's the other thing is is week to week, you don't really know. Like this week, the prelims were on ABC. The next week, you know, it might be ESPN, might be ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Plus. Every week, there's fights. So, you know, that, I mean, you know you're, that. You're paying seven. You're paying right. seven. Um, you're paying so, seven bucks and you're getting four, four shows a month. And you'll have to, you'll have to pay 75 extra for a five, for one five fight main card. But, but seven, but seven bucks for four shows a month is, is extreme value with these UFC shows. Oh yeah. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. All right, uh, we're gonna real quick go over PFL and because uh, we're we're running low on time already, and we haven't even gotten into next week's UFC. So uh, PFL regular season episode six. I did watch the full card. Um, it was it was fine. Kayla Harrison got a first round KO in in the main event over Caitlin Young. Um, Sadabu Sai uh, got a unanimous decision over Rory McDonald in just an awful fight. Um, and Ray Cooper the third just mow down brett cooper um and he was knocked out of the playoffs in the fight that directly preceded this so he had no chance of of making it to the playoffs so i was wondering how this fight was going to go and he just destroyed him like he just came out in 24 seconds just just killed him and uh yeah and and so he just talked about like i didn't care i don't know what the points are i just wanted to win the fight and uh, i just thought that was pretty cool um, and then the other results, Megamed, Megamed Kirov got second round uh, uh, KO over Delano Taylor. That's the fight that knocked out Ray Cooper. And Larissa Pacheco got a first round uh, some KO over Gina Fabian. So it was her second straight first round finish. And that's why she got the number one seed over Kayla Harrison. Uh, but they're still looking like they're going to match up in the finals. And um, and then the other main card fight, Megamed Ulamat. Umalatov, he's unbeaten, um, twelve and zero against uh, some dude named Al Salawi. Uh, three minutes, thirteen seconds. Um, did you watch any of this, or do you have any? Thoughts? I did not. I did not watch any of it. I was busy Friday, Friday night, but I, I've you know kept up with it. With it, that welterweight, their welterweight playoffs is just an absolute mess of of. Oh, Ray, Ray Cooper's probably going to end up in the playoffs anyways, and probably probably end up winning the thing, but. Um, this Sadabu Sai is, is pretty interesting. They call him the Swedish Denzel. and uh, yeah, But this, this fight with Rory McDonald was just awful. And Rory already had, like, the first... I think he's the number one seed, even though he lost. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, you, you you detail it in in your column, and everybody can go and read it. And, and read it, and then read it again, and then tell me if you figured it out, because I didn't. I, and I watched the show, and I didn't figure it out. But I know that Ray Cooper III was eliminated. That's what I know. 
Um, and then in the episode uh, nine of uh, the Ultimate Fighter, um, they're into the semifinals. Uh, Zach Puaga um, has got a win over Jordan Heideman in the uh, in the fight, so he he moves on to the finals. He's from Team. Uh, this was Team Pena against Team Pena, and uh, in the um, coaches challenge, they did uh, axe throwing, and. Uh, uh, Nunez won, so she got uh, ten thousand bucks and fifteen hundred dollars for everybody in her team. Um, so yeah, that was just your average tough uh, episode. And then this week we're gonna have the um, uh, flyweights, the women's flyweights. Uh, I don't even see who it is that's fighting, but I'll be watching it tomorrow, and I'll let you guys know tomorrow. I don't know if you have any thoughts. No, but I, you want to ask I actually have watched the fight this is. week. This week's episode. So. So I just spoiled it for you. Sorry. So no, you didn't spoil. It. I knew what I knew who yeah. won. I knew that much. So, so but uh, here I just I just pulled it up. I did all. I, I believe it or not, I did all that from memory. Oh, I just pulled up the wrong. Uh, I pulled up the episode nine from last year. Anyways, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out next week who, who or tomorrow who's, who's fighting in the we'll flyweight fight. Remember, or in the flyweight fight. Yeah, yeah. Today, today. Yeah, you're right. Kila Cash, she taught me that. Okay, um, and uh, this week we've got uh, UFC on ESPN. Uh, the the long-awaited fight that this thing has been put off a few times. We're finally going to get it here in the main event um, from the uh, Apex. Last time at the Apex for now, no, I think. The, the, they have August um, show, and the, but then... Do they? Okay, all right. Uh, but it's Rafael Dos Anjos, former lightweight champion, uh, against Rafael Fiziev. Um, and Fiziev's 11 and 1. Uh, battle of what I think they're like right around the like 10, 11 in the ranking. Uh, right? Dos Anjos is um, 7 and Fiziev is 10, I believe. What the... Okay. All right. So basically, they're you know they're they're on the bottom end of the top ten, and they're fighting to see who moves up and who moves down. I mean, if Dosanius doesn't win this, he's his days as a contender are pretty much done. And Fiziev is if he doesn't win this, he's probably never going to be a contender. So um, this is uh, this is a big fight, and and we've been looking forward to this for a long time, and we're finally getting it here. And there's eleven fights on this card, and this is it like this is it i mean we got some names but this is it like yeah this 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 like fight you're is about terrible. Ask me, i mean when we get to the co-main you're about event to ask me, let's not say anything else about this about this card you know after the after the main event because i mean we could i mean i mean there's no i mean there's some names i mean calvia nunez on the prelims is i'm i'm, I'm shocked that's not the co-main yeah, i'm like i'm sure um, to find the three and, fights to watch so that's why i was like <laughs> yeah well, I, I could give you a watch, but that's I'll give not my you three role. I still um, <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about the main event because I mean that's interesting, and uh, you know, like we said, it's it's number seven and number ten. It's it's a big fight. This has been is it twice that it's been put off already? Yeah. I know it's at least yeah. Once. It was supposed to happen in uh, Feb in mid February, uh, but visa issues for Fiziev. Right. Then they pushed it back to the U. It was supposed to come in UFC two seventy two. Then Fiziev caught COVID, and Dos Anjos fought Moicano and one you remember that right that. So, short yeah. notice yeah so Moicano taking that fight like on five days notice while he was still in Brazil you know it's kind, kind of crazy but uh yeah while he was on a beach in Brazil so so yeah but uh but yeah it's a very interesting fight very intriguing uh 
Dos Anjos, he's he's really good. He's he's you know he's really great, honestly. And Fiziev, he's been very impressive, but this is a big step up for him. For him, it's definitely his toughest test, and this will see if he's going to be a title contender now or if he's going to need a few more tournament fights before he's ready for this top guys. Because you know, when it comes to top guys, Dos Anjos is as top as it gets. As former former champion, guy who's won two straight fights, uh, a win here keeps Dos Anjos in that. He keeps him in that mix for either to fight for that vacant title or for the red panty night against Conor McGregor and his return that he's been itching for. So, <laughs> so, so Dos Anjos uh, wants that shout McGregor out, shout fight. Shout out to that. my buddy John Nault. Yeah, yeah, Dos my my buddy John Nault, who uh, like my my very one of my very best friends that I've known for fifteen years. No, no, I've known him for like thirty years. But um, he we used to call him Red Panties. Um, that that was his nickname. This is way before Conor McGregor had that line. Um, and there's a line in a Third Eye Blind song where they say those little red panties they pass yeah. the test, and that's where Same it came from. Life, so yeah. I don't know if that's where Conor got it from, but I remember. Yeah. I remember being um, at. But, uh, yeah. I remember being at that press conference where Conor said that, and that was legitimate. One of the funniest things I've ever heard anybody say, just because it was just so random. I know so random, everyone, random, like you know, you know, he's everyone always talks about who the fuck is that guy, but that red. Yeah, and he was. Talking Wait. about it for Dos Anjos, yelling at Dos Anjos, chasing the little red panty, panty, panty night, talking about oh, the big check. Now I can afford you the nice panties, you know, stuff like that. Like that was yeah. like, Con- like everybody wants to talk shit about Connor, Connor, you know, especially the Connor since since the Mayweather fight. But those early Connor pre Mayweather, like those press conferences, oh. he was so fantastic, and his lines were so great and just so funny. He was he had great comedic timing about and, stuff. and i mean i don't know that he pre-wrote them like they may have been off the oh cuff. they were definitely off the cuff um, <laughs> yeah um Fiziev, though i mean you talked about like his biggest test but i mean we just talked about dasanos you know going to a decision with moicano who was on a beach five days earlier and Fiziev on a full training camp knocked out Moicano, uh, you know, less than two years ago in the first round. So, I mean, if you, if you want to play the MMA math game, um, you know, I might go with Fiziev. Um, and I think he's the favorite. Uh, it, yeah, he's in minus 210. So pretty you good could, favorite over, over the former you champ. You could say that, but Dos Anjos, I mean, when you change opponents five days before fights and it's a, and it's a yeah. guy with a completely different style, I mean, you know, you just kind of, yeah. you know, it's not the guy you've been training for, 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 you know, five, six months, like, like Dos Anjos was, was. So I don't really put any credence into the, into the, into that. So, uh, you know, so that's just me there. But knocking out Moicano in the first round is, is impressive. No matter what, no matter what the, um, the stakes, the, you know, what the, uh, outlying circumstances are. So I, I, I like, I like, uh, Fiziev in this fight, um, and uh, and we'll talk about that when I when I do my ROI picks. But um, spoiler, he's one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, you know, like we said, we got that fight, and then a whole lot of nothing. I mean, I was going through these fights, and like, I mean, so many guys are coming in on like almost like I'd say over half the fighters had a loss in their last fight. Some of them have more than one in a row. Um, you know, and then we got some people that are like, you know, Tayshawn Gore's got a three and one record. The two guys in the co-main event, like 11 and one and seven and one, like that's a fight you usually see on the opening fight. Um, and here they are in the co-main event. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a great fight. 
Um, and we've seen these guys, a lot of these guys in the last, I mean, literally this fight could have been on the contender series last year, you know, and, and here it is in the co-main event of a, of a fight night. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You, do you, you can try to do your three fights to watch, I guess. Um, my, my, unless you want to talk about any of these more in depth, I don't really see any reason nah, to. No, I mean, we're, we're also running long. So this being a, this being a weak card, yes. weak card can, uh, you know, can help, but, uh, I'm going to go three fights to watch Bantamweight fight, Douglas Silva, Day Andrade against Syed, Syed and Nurmago Madoff. Uh, Silva Day Andrade is a very dangerous fighter, fighter, but he's also very inconsistent, inconsistent. And, you know, he, he wins some, he loses some, some he's, you know, he's beaten Marlon Vera in the past, beaten him and Burrell, lost to Rob Font, lost to, Piotr Jan, uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, a guy who, if you want to be a contender, you need to beat. And Saeed Nurmagomedov, two wins in a row, four and one, coming off a 47-second submission of Cody Stamen in January. Very good. He's very good, so this is a big test for him. Uh, second fight to watch. I'm going to go women's flyweight fight. Cynthia Cavill against Nina Nunez. I mean, these, these two probably fighting for their – Futures. Calvillo's lost three in a row. Nunez has lost two in a row. Uh, just, but it's a. Uh, it's the only other fight between ranked people on the card, and you know they've got a little bit of names. And my third fight to watch, I am going to go with the co-main event: Cal Borallo against Armin Petrosian. I think Borallo has very good potential to, you know, kind of be one of those middleweights that starts slowly moving his way up the ladder, ladder, and. Uh, as far as putting it, this fight in the co-main event slot, I'm all for it because these guys, both these guys are exciting and they both are finishers and, and we can see a finish in this fight. I think I think for entertainment value as far as matchups, I think this is the second most most entertaining matchup on the card outside of one of the co-main. So, yeah, putting it in the co-main slot is good, so it doesn't bother me. This is, you know, this you're going to get cards like these when you're running, you know, you know, 50 events a year. I think so, we're, we're in the middle of like, yeah, yeah 17, weeks 17 out of 18 weeks, or something 17 like out of like 19 weeks or something like that. It's ridiculous. So yeah, it's crazy. All right. Um, so my ROIs, um, I had a lot of fights on this card where I have like no bet, I think four out of the 11 where there's like no value on either side. Um, but I, I got Rafael Fiziev. Uh, he's got a 48.6% ROI. He's a minus 210 favorite and he's got a four and one record as a, as a betting favorite. Um, the, another guy you mentioned, Saeed Narmagomedov. Uh, he's got a 38.3% ROI. He's a minus 250 favorite and he's got a three and one record as a betting favorite. And my third one is Nina Nunez, uh, 21.6% ROI. She's coming in as a plus 125 underdog, but she's got a two and two record as an underdog. So basically like 50, 50 that you're going to win, but you're getting plus odds so it's there is value there but again that's it like and normally like my third place is going to be a lot higher than 21.6 percent but there's just nothing here a lot of these fighters have only had like one or two fights where the you know you can even place bets on like you know that that aren't like regional fights so it there's not much here um you know like i said there's names that people will know but they're not terribly interesting fights um so you can take us through the rest of this card okay. real quick uh, all these fights will be on espn and es SPN plus so whichever excuse me real quick <coughs> whichever way you want to watch you don't have to change the channel so there's that for you uh the prelims start at 
seven, uh, six Eastern time, five, five on five in our central time zone and uh, main cards at nine Eastern time. Uh, the prelims start with a bantamweight fight. Uh, Ronnie Lawrence against Saeed Yakub, Saeed, Saeed Yakub, Kakramanov. Yeah, would you know, cock, okay. uh, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, that's an interesting fight. Kakramanov. Uh, it's interesting fight. Robbie Lawrence, Ronnie Lawrence, a uh, big takedown guy. He's he's been in a couple exciting fights. Uh, Kakramanov is one and zero in the UFC. Hasn't fought in a while, so should be an interesting fight. Then we have a light heavyweight fight: Kennedy and Chuck Wu against Carl Roberson. So probably two guys fighting for their UFC futures. Uh, and Chuck Wu coming coming back quick from a loss in in uh, March, March. So yeah, that, that might that might be interesting. Uh, then you have I'm trying to be positive. Uh, you got a middleweight fight. <laughs> you got a middleweight fight. Cody Brundage against Treshawn Gore. Yeah, two uh, two prospects. You know, good lord. And then, uh, you have a women's flyweight fight. Anton Antonina Shevchenko against Courtney Casey. Uh, just they're two similar fighters. They you know they you know they could have a decent ground battle. You know, but uh, should be okay. You have a bantamweight fight. Ayman Zahabi against our uh, ultimate fighter winner from last year, uh, Ricky Turkios, fighting for the first time since winning the show. Winning the show. That's if I for a for a million dollars I couldn't have told you who won last year's Ultimate Fighter and I watched every episode, but I do remember Brian yeah. Battle won the yeah, other and Ricky Turkios beat beat Brady Highstand. Yeah, come on, you know I know this stuff. Oh yeah, you know me. Yeah. I'm an encyclopedia sure. up here. But uh, then you have a yeah, then, I no idea. And then the prelims end with the uh, <laughs> Cynthia Calvillo against Nina Nunez fight. Uh, then you have a lightweight fight. Michael uh, kicking off the main card lightweight fight. Michael Johnson against Jamie Millar. Michael Johnson is one of the more well-known names on this card, and uh, you know that should be interesting fight. Uh, Johnson and Malarkey both have, both tend to have fights at end and finishes. Then you have a heavyweight fight: Jared Vanderaa against Chase Sherman. Uh, For fuck's sake! I don't know why this is on. This is on a main card. I mean, Vandera has lost three in a row. I think Sherman's lost like eight of his last yeah. nine UFC yeah. fights or something so, like uh, that. Uh, Vandera has has lost three in a row, and Chase Sherman has lost four in a row. And Sherman is the funny story. If you remember a couple months ago, Sherman was he didn't have his contract renewed, but then he got re-signed re-signed days after they didn't renew his contract because they needed a short notice opponent for Alexander Romanov and Sherman was the only guy willing to fight him on like four days notice so they re-signed him and then the fight falls apart during fight week but they still have to give Sherman a fight because they signed him to a new deal new deal so they're matching him up against Vanderon I I assume whoever loses this is gone. Even if Chase Sherman loses, loses, I don't think they'll give him another fight because that would be five in a row, and you know, and you were trying to get rid of him already. But uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, that fight, I don't know why it exists. Uh, Sorry, I I misspoke and I I apologize to Chase Sherman. It wasn't eight of his last nine; it was seven of his last eight. My apologies, Chase Sherman, if you're listening. I doubt it. Uh, but- <laughs> and then we have the uh, Bantamweight fight. Uh, Douglas Silva, Day Andrade, Saeed Nurmagomedov that I was talking about. Then you have the middleweight, Comain, Armin Petrosian against Kyle Borallo. Then your main event, the Battle of the Rafaels, Rafael Dos Anjos and Rafael Fiziev. 
All right. So that'll be, uh, yeah, ESPN and uh, TSN, uh, somewhere in TSN in Canada. 11 fights. So it should be a easy, easy watch um, on Saturday and uh, not much else going on this weekend. Baseball, uh, I think is pretty much it. Wimbledon, maybe. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that'll be this coming week. And, uh, and then we got the news and we don't have a ton of time here, but I, I'm, I just kind of scan the news. Because there's and, not a ton of news. <laughs> no, there's not much. There's not much. I mean, um, I, I, I mean, Kaufman was the one that stuck out at me, but we were talking about the retirements. Um, so I don't know if there's anything else uh, you wanted to bring Bo, up. Ni- Bo um, Nickel. Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel. You know, we talked about him on this show. Yeah. On this show, you know, he's he's destined to be an MMA star, and he's only he won his debut in June in 33 seconds. And UFC is trying to snatch him up quick because they got him on Dana White's Contender Series probably in August. So he wins there in impressive fashion. He's going to UFC ASAP. And you talked and you talked about um, about him. And, and this was exactly <laughs> the scenario that you said they should do, because if, if they don't do it, then Bellator is going to sign him up and, and just put him on their prelims. Um, so this is that's good. Um, and then I guess the other thing we got to talk about is um, and this was almost our we have to talk about segment, but we kind of decided it wasn't worth it. Um, uh, Henry Cejudo, the stern well, it shit. Just a, at, it wasn't uh, just at, Cejudo. It was a whole bunch of people stirring up shit this week. Yeah. Just tell a quick story here people can search twitter if they want to see more. so here's the thing here's the thing it's been a long time since the ufc has done a ufc fan expo they brought back the ufc fan expo calling it ufc x and of course there was a million fighters in town and there was all sorts of confrontations and problems and issues all week all week josh emmett had an issue he was told he was going to be able to sit cage side during the volkanovsky hallway fight and then they stuck him up in the upper deck with fans so uh, yeah so uh, the upper as like a, a guest fighter in one of the suites with fans or something something i don't know henry cejudo him and aljamain sterling got into you know a confrontation i'll call it a confrontation because it was all on video uh, you know outside of the ufcx but it looked very staged so so but the yeah. but then during sean o'malley's uh post fights uh he was doing a post fight interview with with some media outlet outlet that they that, that they go by you know they do one with espn one with ufc.com and i think one with uh bt sport overseas and you know in uh, England, but anyway, he was in the middle of the interview, and Cejudo just interrupts it and starts talking shit to O'Malley. And O'Malley's just like, "What, dude? Like, aren't you fat right now? Don't you need to get in shape?" Shape like O'Malley was just like brushing them off, and O'Malley's just trying to be like, "I'm trying to do an interview here," and Cejudo's just, "Yeah, uh, I sent. Did I send you that video?" You I did, did like, yeah, yeah. like somebody. I saw the video of this whole thing, and then there was Uriah Faber in the background behind Cejudo, and Davison Figueredo was on the side. And the video, the description of the video is perfect. This was like a scene you would see in The Office, so just like, just like if yeah. you ever watched The Office, like it was just just one of these crazy random things. Oh yeah, and then you had Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier getting into it. Like they got into it hardcore. Like there was eight security guards. And plus, plus I think Mick Maynard was over there. Plus Hunter Campbell was over there trying to keep them, trying to keep them apart. Like they were, they were about to fight. And, and, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if the plan is for them They're to gonna fight. They're going to book that fight now, right? I don't know if that plan is for that fight, but maybe you should book it off here. 
Then you had Nate Diaz slapping one of the Nelk Boy podcast guys backstage. People are calling. People were calling this guy a reporter. Sure. People were calling this guy a, re- a reporter, which which is an insult to the word reporter. Reporter, because this guy is not. That's like calling me a reporter. No, this guy is not an MMA media guy. He's he's one of the Nelk Boys podcast. Those guys just stir up shit, shit, and apparently they had been talking bad about Nick Maximoff, who is Nate Diaz's you know training partner and basically like a brother to him so nate diaz slapped the guy (laughs) so it's not like nate diaz was attacking attacking a legitimate media member he was slapping a shit stirrer so you know it's not all right it's not like he's attacking the schmo or somebody you know so so just uh go on twitter and uh search ufc x shenanigans i'm sure and and you'll see there was more ryan ryan details sure there's more jan blakovich and and kamar usman were doing one of those crazy stare downs where where blakovich was kind of trying to size usman up because back back when before blakovich lost the title usman was even talking about because they kept asking usman about middleweight and then usman said kept saying he would never fight adesanya but he would move up to light heavyweight and fight Blakovich. So Blakovich was like sizing him up, you know, trying to see, you know, do you really want, do you really think you can handle it, hang with a guy my size kind of thing? It just, you know, just a whole bunch of craziness going on. All right. So that sounds sound like a lot of fun, and I'm too bad I missed it. Um, uh, I didn't, I, w- I wish I would have been in Vegas this week, but it just couldn't. I mean, happen. there was, um, prob- and, uh, there was yeah, probably like fight. 200 fighters brought, brought in during the week. When you have that many fighters around, wow. there's going to be shit's going to happen. <laughs> Shenanigans, yeah. Uh, your fight announcements are all women um, for some reason. Um, not, not much, nothing interesting, really. Um, Lupi Cadenas to get another fight. I guess that was the only one that jumped out against to me. Angela Hill. Um, and uh, Angela, yeah, and that's a decent fight. But I mean, Lupi Cadenas. I mean, that's October fifteenth. She probably fight like three times between now and then. Um, and uh, and no, nothing interesting on in terms. Of, there's two extra cards on Fight Pass this week: Fury FC and uh, LFA, both on Friday, kind of back to back. So if you're hardcore and want to watch those, they're there. Um, so yeah, so that's going to just about do it. Um, so remember, check out Ryan's fundraiser at, on his Twitter. I'm sure you got it pinned. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and send him some money to help old, uh, copper, uh, recover from the surgery that he's got coming up next Monday. And, uh, and then you can check out Ryan's coverage of uh, UFC 276 in this upcoming week's Wrestling Observer. I just read your last week's column this morning over lunch, as I do every Monday. And, uh, it was excellent work as always. Thank you. Um, and, uh, no problem and and then your coverage of the espn show on on the observer site as well um and uh, as well i want to encourage people to listen to the dynamite show this week in fact we are going to be doing a live stream for the first time ever on that show um so we will record about 20 minutes after aw dynamite ends and there's a reason we're doing it and i don't want to give away the reason here but i'm telling you if you're listening to this watch the show or listen to it later and it'll be well worth your while i want to tell you so um just uh do that so that is aw the dynamite show on the uh, fight game media patreon but it'll also be streaming for free on our youtube channel at about uh 10 20 eastern on uh, wednesday so check that out so uh for ryan i've been paul and ryan why don't you take us home like you always all right hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend Later.